This morning, I want to share with you from a really simple verse in Hebrews 13, and then we're going to come back and look at some other verses. But, you know, during this pandemic, it's, a, it's, it's really been full of uncertainty, as we've seen. Just every place around us, governments are having to make tough decisions, uh, businesses making tough decisions. There's just, uh, people are, we're just, there's lots of uncertainty. We don't know what to do. We haven't been here before. And so we as humanity, we're learning how to navigate this. There's lots of unpredictable things that are happening. We're not sure about economy. We're not as sure about our jobs. There's just so much going on around us. And at the same time, not are we only affected here in the U.S., but this has been a global thing as we've seen. And so there's countries, there's nations, there's people all around the world trying to navigate through this time. And as we're navigating through this time, I think that we are discovering that uh, we have frail systems. We have uh, systems that can be disturbed by something that we can't even see with our eye. And yes, it is some can cause us to be a little fearful. It can cause us to worry a little bit. But this morning, I just want to encourage you today uh, from a beautiful scripture in the word of God that you don't have to worry. You don't have to be afraid because God's working things out. The Bible says in Hebrews, and I told you wrong, I said Hebrews 13, it's actually Hebrews 12, and in verse 28, it says this, Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire." I love this verse. It's a beautiful verse we see here. Uh, just a great reminder to us today to be encouraged, to stay strengthened, to stay fighting, to keep pressing on. But what I wanted to talk to you about this morning is an unshakable kingdom. An unshakable kingdom. Now, you may know we're living in this uh, United States. We're living in a, a system, in a government. We're, list, we're living in a city. We're living in a world that has been constructed by human hands. And you know what happens to things that are built by human hands. As the Bible teaches us, the things that are seen, they are temporary. But the things which are unseen are eternal. All of these things around us, they're going to pass away. Uh, they're never going to stand. Uh, uh, the Bible teaches us that heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of the Lord will endure forever. And this morning, I just want to encourage you today that while we are uncertain and we're unsure, we we're may even be full of a little bit of fear and worry about what is happening in our world and what is going on. I want to encourage you today that we are a part as God's people, as those who are following Jesus Christ, we are a part of an unshakable kingdom. You know, what did the writer of Hebrews mean when he was talking about this? Well, he begins to describe some things that there would be a shakening in the earth, that the, the, the things that are built by man, they're eventually going to come crumbling down, but the things that are, are heavenly, they're going to be established forever. We continue to get this picture here today that God's kingdom is eternal. 
Did you hear me today? God's kingdom is eternal. We don't have to be worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow. As God's people, as people who serve an almighty God, as people who serve his kingdom, we can be encouraged that his kingdom is unshakable. A little virus is not going to shake God's kingdom. A little bit of stirring around us, a little bit of economy problems is not going to shake God's kingdom. A little bit of uh, uncertainty in our government and what's going forward and how we're going to do this and not knowing what to do. All of those things, those are, those are temporary things, but the Bible is teaching us here today that in the middle of all of this, that God's kingdom is unshakable. You know, when you go back and you look at the letter of Hebrews and who it's being wrote to, you're talking to some people who are facing difficulties, they're facing trials, they're facing tribulations, they're suffering, they're battling, they're having a hard time with their faith, they're facing fear, they're facing worry. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, it does, of course, because this is the nature of humanity. It's been said, history repeats itself, and it is absolutely true that even in the Bible that the things that the people of Hebrews that they went through are things that we are even experiencing today. But the good news today is, and I've just come to be a, a messenger of good news today, that we are part of an unshakable kingdom. And this morning, I want to encourage you about a few things from, about the kingdom of God we're going to talk about. But I want you to read this verse here before we go to our main portion that Luke chapter 12, verse 32 teaches us this, fear not little flock. For it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Let me read that to you again. Luke 12 and 32. It says, fear not little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's God's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. He wants us to be a part of an unshakable kingdom. He wants us to be reminded that we are a part of his kingdom and he has got it all under control in his hands. It's interesting that Jesus begins to, as before he begins to instruct about giving them the kingdom, he tells them, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure. Fear not. It is your father's good pleasure. God truly desires to give us the kingdom. Not only that, but God truly desires us to be a part of his kingdom. And the kingdom of God, as we see in the Bible, it is powerful, it is mighty, it is dynamic. And I want to show you this morning a few basic principles about the kingdom of God that can remind us that we are a part of a kingdom today that is unshakable, that we are a part of a kingdom that is just absolutely unmovable. In Luke chapter 13, we see the story of a woman who the Bible teaches us that she has a disabling spirit. Now, this is an interesting uh, passage to teach about the kingdom, but there's a reason we're teaching this because right after this miracle that's about to happen, we're going to read here in Luke chapter 13, Jesus jumps into talking about the kingdom because of this miracle. He begins to address them following this. And so I want to take you to this passage here in Luke chapter 13. The Bible says that he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath and behold, there was a woman who had a disabling spirit for 18 years. 
And she was bent over and could not fully straighten herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, Woman, you are freed from your disability. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight, and she glorified God. Now the story goes on that this was a problem with the rulers of the synagogue and with the Pharisees because Jesus did a miracle on the Sabbath. But, you know, something caught me by this scripture here that I hadn't noticed before. Some reason, I, I guess, I don't know, in my mind, I had always uh, just assumed that this woman had an illness, that she was, uh, she was crippled, uh, just, that was just a, a disease that she had. But I realized as I began to uh, look at the scripture a little bit closer, that actually her sickness and her condition wasn't just because of a disease. It was a result, the Bible says, of a disabled spirit and Jesus goes on and he tells the Pharisees uh, that this woman has been bound by Satan so in other words Jesus is telling them she isn't just sick but she has had a spiritual wickedness over her life that has caused her to be in that condition she has had a disabling spirit because of that she was bent over and could not fully straighten herself out so then Jesus walks up to her. He touches her. She, the Bible says that she straightens up immediately in that moment. Now, right after this happens two parables. And hang in there with me. I know this is a lot of scripture here, but I just I want you to I'll bring this all together in a moment. Then the next portion here in Luke 13, he begins to teach about what is the kingdom of God like. And so he says, he said, therefore, what is the kingdom of God like and to what shall I compare it? And remember, he said this because of this miracle. He said, therefore, in accordance with what happened before, it is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and he sowed in his garden and it grew and it became a tree and the birds of the air made nests in its branches. And again, he said, to what shall I compare the kingdom of God? It is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour until it was all leavened. It's amazing here that Jesus takes this miracle and be then uses that as the, uh, the, the platform to begin to teach about the kingdom of God. And you'll notice something, there, there's a theme happening here. That this woman, she was in a disabling spirit and the Bible says that she was bent over. And then he begins to teach about a mustard seed that goes in the ground, but then rises up into a tree. And then he talks about leaven, leavening the lump, that it's like a woman who put it in the dough and it, it began to rise up. You see the theme here is we're noticing here that the kingdom of God is a, a, a rising agent. It's a, it's a factor that makes things grow. In other words, what I want to get what you to get a principle about the kingdom of God here today is that where the kingdom of God goes, it grows. Did you hear that today? Where the kingdom of God goes, it grows. And this is the case here that Jesus is teaching. That this woman, she was bent over. But now we're beginning to see the picture that it's like a mustard seed raising up. It's growing. And this is truly the case throughout all the Bible that everywhere the kingdom of God began to go, it grows. It's expanding. It's moving beyond the boundaries of what it was just at. It was going to new places. 
Jesus uh, teaches about this woman's condition and uses an example to the Pharisees and says that uh, because they accused him of doing this miracle on the Sabbath, uh, he began to respond and he says, if you had an ox or a donkey from the manger and it needed water, wouldn't you lead it away to get water? In other words, we can conclude from this that Jesus is teaching us that without God in our lives, without Christ leading us to the source, we would be hopeless. But he begins to teach them here this principle that where the kingdom of God goes, it grows. We see this all throughout the book of Acts, that everywhere the apostles began to preach, that everywhere they began to speak, life came. The kingdom of God was growing. The people were being added unto them. The kingdom of God was not shrinking. The kingdom of God was not diminishing. The kingdom of God was not losing its resources, but it was only growing. What does that mean within all this context of what we're talking about? I want to tell you today that we're serving an unshakable kingdom, that it is not a a kingdom that is becoming smaller. It's not a kingdom that is being diminished by the times. It is not affected by the climate of our culture. It is a kingdom that is established by God Almighty and grows as we continue to preach the gospel, as we continue to be faithful witnesses for his cause. So we don't have to worry about, oh God, is your kingdom getting smaller? Are things beginning to fall apart? No, we can leave encouraged today that it's like a mustard seed. It only takes a little bit, but it's going to grow into a tree. And I love what the Bible says that it began to grow into a tree that the birds, they made their home into it. You know, the kingdom makes room for other people to come in. And that's the message of the kingdom is that there's room for, there's the room for the birds of the air. In other words, there's room for many more to come in. The branches of it are not finished growing, that the branches will continue to grow and there's room for others to come in. The second thing you're going to notice here about the kingdom of God, some basic principles about the kingdom of God, is we see that where the kingdom of God goes, it grows, it causes things to rise up, it causes things to take the nature in which they were intended. But the second thing you're going to notice here today is that when the kingdom of God is proclaimed, transformation is inevitable. Here was Jesus in the case of this woman, and she was just absolutely crippled and had, uh, she was disabled by her condition, the Bible says. She had been completely bound. But the Bible says that when she encountered Jesus, I want you to get this today, that transformation began to happen. She wasn't the same person anymore. As I thought about this woman's condition, I I thought about a caterpillar when it begins to get into its cocoon. And then over that time of metamorphosis, it turns into a beautiful butterfly. And this is the type of transformation she went, she encountered, is that she went in one way and she left another. This is the story of many of us today that where the kingdom of God is proclaimed, when it was proclaimed into our lives, we were transformed. We were absolutely changed by that. It's it's like Hebrews is reminding us, let us be grateful. Let us be grateful that we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Let us not take, uh, take it for granted that our lives have been transformed by the power of Christ, that we have been made new by the blood of Jesus that has washed away our sins and has made us a new creation here today. 
Where the kingdom of God goes, it grows. But when the kingdom of God is proclaimed, transformation is inevitable. And that was what was happening in this woman's life. And that was what was happening with that mustard seed. Think about that mustard seed for a moment. The Bible says that it became a mustard seed. It got sold in a garden. It grew. It became a tree. And it went through all of these stages. And this is the way our, the, the kingdom of God works is that it is meant to change lives. It's not meant to just be something we come and watch on Sunday. It's not meant to just be something that we just see from a distance. But the kingdom of God, the kingdom, listen, the same kingdom that Jesus said, fear not, little flock. I, this is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. That same kingdom is the same kingdom that is transforming lives and making a difference. And that is what God wants us to experience in our own lives. The power of the transformation of the gospel. I want to pray today and encourage you that if you've never been transformed by the gospel, you've never encountered the power of God's amazing grace, his miraculous healing, delivering power. I want to encourage you today that God has made his power available to you. If you would be willing, he wants to transform your life so that the old is passed away and all things have become new. Where the kingdom of God goes, it grows. And where the kingdom of God is proclaimed, transformation is inevitable beautiful pictures of the kingdom of God. And the final thing is, is that with the kingdom of God, little is much. With the kingdom of God, little is much. You'll notice here that this woman, she was an outcast. She would have been labeled an outcast of society. She was, first off, she was a woman and because of her condition, she probably was a widow. She probably didn't have anybody to take care of her because she had been like that for 18 years. Uh, not only that, but we do know that she had a disability. So that made her even more of an outcast in this culture. So she was little in the sight of this culture. Then the same picture of the mustard seed. It's little, right? A mustard seed is tiny. And the same bit was the little bit of three measures of, of leaven that went into the flour. It's little. But with the kingdom of God, little is much. You know, the thing about the kingdom of God is it's upside down. You know, we try to think of uh, more is better, but with the kingdom of God, it's flipped over the other way. With the kingdom of God, little is much. It only takes a little bit. It only takes what is seemingly insignificant. And I loved how God used the life of somebody who would have been pushed to the outskirts of society and said, we're going to use her life to be an example of the power of an unshakable kingdom of God. And here Jesus encountered this woman who was insignificant, but yet used her life to show the power of the kingdom of God. With the kingdom of God, little is much. It only takes a little bit so that the kingdom of God can sprout into a mighty tree. I want to leave you with this this morning in Luke chapter 8. Just some reminders about the king whom we serve in this kingdom. He's an, he's an amazing king. He's a powerful king, a mighty king. And though we are worried about the climate of our culture and things happening, I want to tell you today that not only are we a part of an unshakable kingdom, but we serve a mighty king. In Luke chapter 8, we see this amazing encounter with a, a, a two women, a two important women, that stories are, are important. They link together. 
The story tells us of Jairus' daughter in Luke chapter 8, a 12-year-old girl who has a condition, the Bible says, that she is about to die. And as, as Jesus is on her way to her, she encounters an, he encounters another woman who has had an issue for 12 years of blood, of bleeding. Her problem continues to go on, on and on and on. But yet in this moment, we see a powerful picture of our king. That here was this woman who had an issue of blood. According to Levitical law, this is important, and you're going to catch this today, is that according to Levitical law, because of her condition, she was marked unclean. She would have been labeled an outcast of society. She would have been marked somebody who was uh, looked down upon, somebody who was uh, probably uh, pushed over and probably ignored but yet Jesus had a plan for her life. And the Bible says that this woman reached out for the hem of Jesus's garment. And the Bible says that virtue went out from him, from him and healed her body. It's an amazing story. And Jesus turns in the middle of this crowd and acknowledges her in front of everybody. A woman, once again, listen, she's been marked unclean. But if that wasn't the end of the story, if that wasn't the top of it, here's Jesus, because he touched a woman that was marked unclean, technically he was uncleaned as well. But the Bible says that he's on the way to heal Jairus' daughter who has died. And not only has she died, but when Jesus arrives, he touches her. And according, once again, to Levitical law, that would have made him unclean. That would have made him somebody who was not supposed to be in the middle of society. Somebody who was not, a, 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 almost would have been marked unclean as with them. But yet here we witness a king who heals a sick woman, who puts his hand on this daughter and raises her back to life. Somebody who has been marked unclean. We see these basic principles at the kingdom of God in display. We see that where the kingdom of God went, Jesus Christ Almighty, that it grew. A woman was healed. A daughter was raised. We see that when the kingdom of God was proclaimed, transformation happened. Their lives were completely renovated. There was a 12, uh, 12 years of disease, but transformation happened. And finally, we see that with the kingdom of God, little is much. Here was somebody, a woman who was not supposed to come. They've been marked unclean, the, the daughter, she had been labeled unclean because she was dead. But yet Jesus said, little is much in the kingdom of God. And a miracle happened right before their eyes. Let this all be a great reminder to us today that we are a part of an unshakable kingdom and we serve an almighty God. We serve a king who cannot be moved or throttled by the things of this world, but he sits on this throne high and lifted up, the Bible says. He is sovereign. He is almighty. And today I want to encourage you that if you've never experienced the kingdom of God in your life, you've never experienced the life transforming power of Christ, I want to pray today that you would experience this in your own life and encounter the goodness of God with you today. And for all of us who need this encouragement today, may the words of Jesus encourage you today. Fear not, little flock, fear not. For it is God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, not just any kingdom, an unshakable kingdom. 
Lord, today I want to pray for my friends watching, and I'm praying encouragement and life would come to them this morning. I'm praying strength from your word would come, and I'm praying today that if there's some here today that are not sure about your kingdom, they've been standing on the outcasts of society, that today you would remind them that, God, you love them, you have a plan for their lives, and God, may they experience the transforming power of Christ. God, I thank you today. And Lord, I pray that, God, we may be encouraged in the middle of uncertainty, in the middle of not knowing what's going to happen next week. We pray, God, that we may be encouraged today. We are a part of an unshakable kingdom. God is in control. God's on the throne. He's high and lifted up. And may we be grateful. Let us be like the words of Hebrews. Let us be grateful today, God. And Lord, I thank you this morning today. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.